Section thirty seven of the Life of Samuel Johnson, volume two by James Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. He records of himself this year, between Easter and Whitsuntide, having always considered that time as propitious to study, I attempted to learn the low Dutch language. Footnote Prayers and Meditations, page one two nine Boswell. See post seventeen eighty in Mr. Langton's collection for Johnson's study of Low Dutch and a footnote. It is to be observed that he here admits an opinion of the human mind being influenced by seasons, which he ridicules in his writings. Footnote. Those that laugh at the portentous glare of a comet and hear a crow with equal tranquillity from the right or left will yet talk of times and situations proper for intellectual performances, etc. The Idler, number 11, end of footnote. His progress, he says, was interrupted by a fever which, by the imprudent use of a small print, left an inflammation in his useful eye. Footnote. He did not see it all with one of his eyes. End of footnote. We cannot but admire his spirit when we know that amidst a complication of bodily and mental distress he was still animated with the desire of intellectual improvement. Footnote. Not six months before his death he wished me to teach him the scale of music. Dr. Burney, teach me at least the alphabet of your language. Burney, end of footnote. Various notes of his studies appear on different days in his manuscript diary of this year, such as Incoavi lectionum penetruci, finivi lectionum computatio fabulae bodonum. Footnote. Accurata bodonum, that is, scaligerorum, fabulae computatio, octore ai a dugduni batuorum, apod ludovicum alsawirium sixteen seventeen british museum catalogue and footnote legi primum actum troadum legi dissertationem clerici postremam de pentachuk two of clark's sermons legi apollonius pugnam betriciam legi centum versus homeri let this serve as a specimen of what accessions of literature he was perpetually infusing into his mind, while he charged himself with idleness. This year died Mrs. Salisbury, mother of Mrs. Thrale, a lady whom he appears to have esteemed much, and whose memory he honoured with an epitaph. Footnote. Mrs. Piozzi's Anecdotes of Johnson, page 131, Boswell. Mrs. Piozzi, anecdotes, describes her mother and Johnson as excellent, far beyond the excellence of any other man and woman I ever yet saw. As her conduct extorted his truest esteem, her cruel illness excited all his tenderness. He acknowledged himself improved by her piety, and hung over her bed with the affection of a parent and the reverence of a son. Baretti, in a manuscript note on Piozzi's letters, says that 
Johnson could not much bear Mrs. Salisbury, nor Mrs. Salisbury him, when they first knew each other, but her cancer moved his compassion and made them friends. Johnson, recording her death, says, Yesterday, as I touched her hand and kissed it, she pressed my hand between her two hands, which she probably intended as the parting caress. This morning, being called about nine to feel her pulse, I said at parting, God bless you for Jesus Christ's sake. She smiled as pleased. Present Meditations, page 128, end of footnote. In a letter from Edinburgh, dated the 29th of May, I pressed him to persevere in his resolution to make this year the projected visit to the Hebrides, of which he and I had talked for many years, and which I was confident would afford us much merriment. To James Boswell, Esquire, dear sir, when your letter came to me, I was so darkened by an inflammation in my eye that I could not for some time read it. I can now write without trouble, and can read large prints. My eye is gradually growing stronger, and I hope will be able to take some delight in the survey of a Caledonian lock. Chambers is going a judge with six thousand a year to Bengal. Footnote. Johnson wrote to Dr. Taylor, July the 22nd, 1782. Sir Robert Chambers slipped this session through the fingers of revocation, but I am in doubt of his continuance. Shelburne seems to be his enemy. Mrs. Thrale says they will do him no harm. She perhaps thinks there is no harm without hanging. The mere act of recall strips him of eight thousand a year. Notes and queries, end of footnote. He and I shall come down together as far as Newcastle, and thence I shall easily get to Edinburgh. Let me know the exact time when your courts intermit. I must conform a little to Chambers' occasions, and he must conform a little to mine. The time which you shall fix must be the common point to which we will come as near as we can. Except this I, I am very well. Beatty is so caressed and invited and treated and liked and flattered by the great that I can see nothing of him. I am in great hopes that he will be well provided for and then we will live upon him at the Marshall College without pity or modesty. Footnote. Beatty was professor of moral philosophy. For some years his English friends had tried to procure for him a permanent provision beyond the very moderate emoluments arising from his office. Just before Johnson wrote, Beatty had been privately informed that he was to have a pension of two hundred pounds a year. Forbes's Beatty. When Johnson heard of this, he clapped his hands and cried, Oh, brave we! Boswell's Hebrides, October the 26th, end of footnote. Blank, footnote, Langton, end of footnote, left the town without taking leave of me and is gone in deep dudgeon to blank, footnote, Langton, his native village, end of footnote. 
is not this very childish where is now my legacy i hope your dear lady and her dear baby are both well i shall see them too when i come and i have that opinion of your choice as to suspect that when i have seen mrs boswell i shall be less willing to go away i am do so your affectionate humble servant samuel johnson johnson's court fleet street july the fifth seventeen seventy three write to me as soon as you can chambers is now at oxford i again wrote to him informing him that the court of session rose on the twelfth of august hoping to see him before that time and expressing perhaps in too extravagant terms my admiration of him and my expectation of pleasure from our intended tour to james boswell esq i shall set out from london on friday the sixth of this month and purpose not to loiter much by the way Footnote. that he set out on this day is shown by his letter to mrs thrale piozzi letters the following anecdote in the memoir of goldsmith prefixed to his miscellaneous works is therefore inaccurate i was dining at sir joshua reynolds's august the seventh seventeen seventy three where were the archbishop of chewham and mr now lord elliot when the latter making use of some sarcastical reflections on goldsmith johnson broke out warmly in his defence and in the course of a spirited eulogium said is there a man sir now who can pen us an essay with such ease and elegance as goldsmith johnson did in august seventeen eighty three dine at reynolds's and meet there the archbishop of chewham a man coarse of voice and inelegant of language piozzi letters end of footnote which day i shall be at edinburgh i cannot exactly tell i suppose i must drive to an inn and send a porter to find you i am afraid beatty will not be at his college soon enough for us and i shall be sorry to miss him but there is no staying for the concurrence of all conveniences we will do as well as we can i am so your most humble servant samuel johnson august the third seventeen seventy three to the same dear sir not being at mr thrale's when your letter came i had written the enclosed paper and sealed it bringing it hither for a franc i found yours if anything could repress my ardour it would be such a letter as yours to disappoint a friend is unpleasing and he that forms expectations like yours must be disappointed think only when you see me that you see a man who loves you and is proud and glad that you love him i am so your most affectionate samuel johnson august the third seventeen seventy three to the same newcastle august the eleventh seventeen seventy three dear sir i came hither last night and hope but do not absolutely promise to be in edinburgh on saturday beatty will not come so soon I am, sir, your most humble servant, Samuel Johnson. My compliments to your lady. To the same. Mr. Johnson sends his compliments to Mr. Boswell, being just arrived at Boyd's, Saturday night. 
his stay in scotland was from the eighteenth of august on which day he arrived footnote. it was on saturday the fourteenth of august that he arrived into footnote till the twenty-second of november when he set out on his return to london and i believe ninety-four days were never passed by any man in a more vigorous exertion footnote from august the fourteenth to november the twenty-second is one hundred days End of footnote. he came by way of berwick-upon-tweed to edinburgh where he remained a few days and then went by st andrews aberdeen inverness and fort augustus to the hebrides to visit which was the principal object he had in view he visited the isles of skye rasa col mull inchkenneth and econkir he travelled through argyleshire by inverary and from thence by loch lomond and dumbarton to glasgow then by Luden to Affleck and Ayrshire, the seat of my family, and then by Hamilton back to Edinburgh, where he again spent some time. He thus saw the four universities of Scotland. Footnote. It is strange that not one of the four conferred on him an honorary degree. This same year Beattie had been thus honoured at Oxford. Gray who visited Aberdeen eight years before Johnson, was offered the degree of Doctor of Laws, which, having omitted to take it at Cambridge, he thought it decent to refuse. Johnson's works, end of footnote. He thus saw the four universities of Scotland, its three principal cities, and as much of the highland and insular life as was sufficient for his philosophical contemplation i had the pleasure of accompanying him during the whole of this journey he was respectfully entertained by the great the learned and the elegant wherever he went nor was he less delighted with the hospitality which he experienced in humbler life footnote he was long remembered amongst the lower order of hebrideans by the title of sassenach moore the big englishman walter scott end of footnote his various adventures and the force and vivacity of his mind as exercised during this peregrination upon innumerable topics have been faithfully and to the best of my abilities displayed in my journal of a tour to the hebrides to which as the public has been pleased to honour it by a very extensive circulation i beg leave to refer as to a separate and remarkable portion of his life which may be there seen in detail, and which exhibits as striking a view of his powers in conversation as his works do of his excellence in writing. Footnote. The first edition was published in September 1785. In the following August, in his preface to the third edition, Boswell speaks of the first two editions as large impressions. The author was not a small gainer by this extraordinary journey, but Dr. Johnson thus writes to Mrs. Thrale, November the 3rd, 1773, Boswell will praise my resolution and perseverance, and I shall in return celebrate his good humour and perpetual cheerfulness. He has better faculties than I had imagined, 
more justness of discernment and more fecundity of images it is very convenient to travel with him but there is no house where he is not received with kindness and respect letter ninety to mrs thrale piozzi letters malone end of footnote nor can i deny to myself the very flattering gratification of inserting here the character which my friend mr courtenay has been pleased to give of that work with reynolds pencil vivid bold and true so fervent boswell gives him to our view in every tray we see his mind expand the master rises by the pupil's hand we love the writer praise his happy vein graced with the naivete of the sage montaigne hence not alone are brighter parts displayed but e'en the specks of character portrayed we see the rambler with fastidious smile mark the lone tree and note the heath-clad isle but when the heroic tale of flora charms footnote the celebrated flora macdonald see boswell's tour courtenay and a footnote decked in a kilt he wields a chieftain's arms the tuneful piper sounds a martial strain and samuel sings the king shall have his ain during his stay at edinburgh after his return from the hebrides he was at great pains to obtain information concerning scotland and it will appear from his subsequent letters that he was not less solicitous for intelligence on this subject after his return to london to james boswell esq dear sir i came home last night without any incommodity danger or weariness and am ready to begin a new journey i shall go to oxford on monday Footnote. lord eldon at that time mr john scott has the following reminiscences of this visit i had a walk in new inn hall garden with dr johnson and sir robert chambers principal of the hall sir robert was gathering snails and throwing them over the wall into his neighbour's garden the doctor reproached him very roughly and stated to him that this was unmannerly and unneighbourly sir said sir robert my neighbour is a dissenter oh said the doctor if so chambers toss away toss away as hard as you can he was very absent i've seen him standing for a very long time without moving with the foot on each side the kennel which was then in the middle of high street with his eyes fixed on the water running in it in the common room of university college he was dilating upon some subject and the then head of lincoln college dr mortimer occasionally interrupted him saying i denied that this was often repeated and observed upon by johnson in terms expressive of increasing displeasure and anger at length upon the doctor's repeating the words i deny that sir said johnson you must have forgot that an author has said plus negabit unus asinus in una hora quam kentum philosophy probaverunt in kentum anis 
to Mrs. Eldon. Dr. Fisher, who related this story to Mr. Croker, described Dr. Mortimer as a Mr. Mortimer, a shallow, underbred man who had no sense of Johnson's superiority. He flatly contradicted some assertion which Johnson had pronounced to be as clear as that two and two make four. Croker's Boswell. Mrs. John Scott used to relate that she had herself helped Dr. Johnson one evening to fifteen cups of tea. Twisses Eldon, end of footnote. I know Mrs. Boswell wished me well to go. Her wishes have not been disappointed. Footnote. In this he showed a very acute penetration. My wife paid him the most assiduous and respectful attention while he was our guest, so that I wonder how he discovered her wishing for his departure. The truth is that his irregular hours and uncouth habits, such as turning the candles with their heads downwards when they did not burn bright enough, and letting the wax drop down upon the carpet, could not but be disagreeable to a lady. Besides, she had not that high admiration of him which was felt by most of those who knew him, and what was very natural to a female mind, she thought he had too much influence over her husband. She once, in a little warmth, made with more point than justice this remark upon that subject. I have seen many a bear led by a man, but I never before saw a man led by a bear. Boswell, end of footnote. Mrs. Williams has received Sir A.'s letter, footnote, Sir Alexander Gordon, one of the professors at Aberdeen, Basel, end footnote. Make my compliments to all those to whom my compliments may be welcome. Let the box be sent as soon as it can, and let me know when to expect it. Footnote. This was a box containing a number of curious things which he had picked up in Scotland, particularly some horn spoons. Boswell, end of footnote. Inquire, if you can, the order of the clans. MacDonald is first, Maclean second. Further I cannot go. Quicken Dr. Webster, footnote. The Reverend Dr. Alexander Webster, one of the ministers of Edinburgh, a man of distinguished abilities who had promised him information concerning the highlands and islands of Scotland. Boswell, end of footnote. I am, sir, yours affectionately, Samuel Johnson, November the 27th, 1773. Mr. Boswell to Dr. Johnson, Edinburgh, December the 2nd, 1773. You shall have what information I can procure as to the order of the clans, a gentleman of the name of Grant tells me that there is no settled order among them, and he says that the Macdonalds were not placed upon the right of the army at Culloden. The Stuarts were. Footnote. The Macdonalds always laid claim to be placed on the right of the whole clans, and those of that tribe assigned the breach of this order at Culloden as one cause of the loss of the day. The Macdonalds, placed on the left wing, refused to charge, and positively left the field unassailed and unbroken. 
Lord George Murray in vain endeavour to urge them on by saying that their behaviour would make the left, the right, and that he himself would take the name of MacDonald. Walter Scott, end of footnote. I shall, however, examine witnesses of every name that I can find here. Dr. Webster shall be quickened, too. I like your little memorandums. They are symptoms of your being in earnest with your book of northern travels. Your box shall be sent next week by sea. You will find in it some pieces of the broom bush which you saw growing on the old castle of Affleck. The wood has a curious appearance when sawn across. You may either have a little writing stand made of it or get it formed into boards for a treatise on witchcraft by way of a suitable binding. Mr. Boswell to Dr. Johnson, Edinburgh, December the 18th, 1773. You promised me an inscription for a print to be taken from an historical picture of Mary, Queen of Scots, being forced to resign her crown, which Mr. Hamilton at Rome has painted for me. The two following have been sent to me. Maria Scottorum Regina Meliori Seculo Digna, Jus Regium Kiwibus Sedotiosis Imwita Resignat. Kiwe Sedidiosi Mariam Scottorum Reginam Sesimunere Abdicare Inwitam Cogunt. Be so good as to read the passage in Robertson and see if you cannot give me a better inscription. I must have it both in Latin and English. So if you should not give me another Latin one, you will at least choose the best of these two and send a translation of it. End of section 37